Say, Father, we thank you because your word indeed is coming to us. We give you praise forever. We thank you, Lord, because we go home rejoicing. We thank you because we go home with our face. Our face is radiating your glory. Blessed be God forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. All right, let's open our Bibles quickly. Let's um, start from that today. Let's open our Bibles to the book of uh, Psalms, Psalm 2. Would be a good place um, to declare from today. All right, remember what we do is to declare uh, the word of God. I learned something, um, I think, today. It's called the principle of the last word, uh, you know, and I think uh, we should learn it to continually dis- dis- declare God's word so that it will be the last word. Somebody say amen. amen. So learn to do this every time. Take a portion of scripture and read it out loud. Put the word of God on your lips. Put the word of God out there into the air. Put the word of God into the environment. Let the spirits hear it. Let the the angels hear it. Let evil spirits hear it. And let the spirits of man, let it hear it. All right, that is good. So everybody, please, let's look. I want all of us to read the same version. If you don't have the one we are reading together, please just join with somebody. We are reading the New American Standards together. Psalm 2. All right, let's read together. Why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. them. For me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance, and the very ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Now therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son that he not become angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thus we establish and declare the Lordship of Jesus Christ over this nation again in the name of Jesus. We declare the lordship of Jesus over this continent in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We declare the, say amen like you are here now. Amen. Ah, why do people mise things you don't charge for? Unless you promise breakthrough. Ah, we are the ones that encourage false prophets. Uh, yeah, you get my point. Do the things of righteousness. Amen? amen. Uh-huh. So we declare the lordship of Jesus over this land. Amen. Thank you. We declare the lordship of Jesus over this city. We declare the lordship of Jesus over this region. Amen. We declare the lordship of Jesus over this whole country. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We declare concerning this nation that only the counsel of God will stand. Amen. We declare concerning this nation that the will of man will not stand. Amen. The purpose of God will stand. Amen. The plan of God will stand. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And concerning our individual lives. We declare also 
the purpose of God alone will stand. Amen. In our spirits, the purpose of God will stand. Amen. Christ will be made manifest in our spirits. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In our souls, the purpose of God will stand. Amen. And in our bodies, the purpose of God will stand. Amen. In this life, we will fulfill the purpose of God. Amen. We declare that our whole being belongs to the Lord. Amen. Everybody say after me, say in the name of Jesus. I am not my own. I belong to Christ Jesus. The purpose of God the Father I will do. Say in the name of Jesus. The purpose of God. That's what I will accomplish in my life. I am not going to accomplish my ambition. I am not going to accomplish my desire. The purpose of God. The plan of God. The will of God will be fulfilled in my life in the name of Jesus Christ. Say the glory of God will be seen upon me. The glory of God will be seen in all that I do. Say at the end of my life I will have fulfilled every plan of God for me. In the name of Jesus. Say at the end of my life I will have kept the faith. I will have run my race and I will have finished my course. Say, I declared before God the Father. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, establish these words in your presence. That prayer is important too. Say it again. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, establish these words in your presence. Do not let me go to the left or to the right. Keep me in the center of your will. Lord, by my mouth, with my words, I declare that I belong to you. And your will I will do. It's not by my strength. I'm not saying I can do it. I'm saying I yield to you. In the name of Jesus. Say, Spirit of God, fill me afresh. Spirit of God, fill me afresh. Walk through me. Breathe through me. Manifest God through me on this earth. Manifest Jesus through me. In the name of Jesus Christ. Pray. Say, Heavenly Father, show me your will. Show me your works. So I will do only that. You know what Jesus used to say? It's only what I see my Father do. That is what I do. That's what that prayer is about. That's what that prayer is about. Sometimes we are so, you know, overcome with, you know, you know, even we pastors, guilty number one. We are the ones that are guilty. We gather the people of God, and all they are concerned about is their own preservation. All they are, all they are sowing seeds about is their own desires. I want a car before the end of the year, I sow a seed. Nonsense doctrine. I will fight that doctrine to the end. You know why I have to do it? I realized that we left those things. We left them, and the bigger demons crept in. Small, 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 this thing started. Before we knew what was happening, we had, gone, we had started serving ourselves. We're no longer serving God. And that's why we're making these declarations. Listen, this life is not your own, unless you have not given your life to Christ. I have found out, something led to it, I had a meditation about it, all right? And I realized that there's only one deliverance that Jesus has given, that God the Father has given. And that is full immersion in Christ Jesus. That is, there's no ancestral curse that can withstand your full immersion in Christ. 
All these pray, break family causes, I don't believe in them. I say pray until you are fully found in Christ Jesus. That is where real deliverance is. That's where real deliverance is. So everybody declare with me again. Say in the name of Jesus. Only the will of the Father. In my life. Say in the name of Jesus. Only the purpose of God. In my life. Say in the name of Jesus. Only the works of God. In my life. No other work will survive. Say the works of the flesh. Will not survive. The works of man. Will not survive. Say in the name of Jesus. I lay my life down again. I lay my own ambitions down again. And I say. Father. Your will alone. Not my will. Your will alone. Be done in my life. Oh father we give you praise. Father your works be manifested again in this generation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Your works will be manifested again in this generation. Is a cry of our hearts, the desires of our hearts. Yes, that's what we desire. The desire of our hearts, Lord, is that your works will be manifested again in this generation. Amen. It will come to pass that people will come to the house of God to look for God. Amen. They will not come to look for money. Amen. They will not come to look for promotion. Amen. They will come to look for God. Amen. Because they will know that he's there. That's the emphasis. They will know he's there. They will know he's there. I like what Nicodemus said to Christ Jesus. He said, no one can do these works. I said, God is with him. Every foreign, every counterfeit, every pretending God be destroyed in Jesus' name. Amen. We declare that this is the season of your judgment. Amen. So in the time of their judgment, they will vanish from the surface of the earth and from under the heavens. Amen. Father, this is the season of their judgment. Amen. We proclaim the day of the vengeance of our God. Amen. Abba. Against his enemies he will arise. Amen. And they will be scattered. Amen. Against everything that obscures the vision of Christ Jesus he will arise. Amen. And that thing will be scattered. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm sorry. If he's a human being he will be scattered. Amen. If it's a false doctrine it will be scattered. Amen. If it's the walls of a church it's coming down. Amen. What walls have we built that Jericho did not build? I hope you are getting my point. Whatever stands against the knowledge of Christ, now we declare it's coming down. We uproot it. We destroy it. We overthrow it. And we cast it down. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, we plant truth. We establish truth. We establish the love of God. We establish the fear of God. First in our individual lives. In our lives collectively as your people. And Lord in this nation. Why is the amen going down? Now no one fear God. Listen, that is the only safety. I hope you get my point. That is the only wisdom. It's not the reverence of God or the respect of God. It's called what? The fear of God. What's it called? The Bible never said the reverence of God is the beginning of wisdom. You know the meaning of fear? The other day I was leaving my house in the morning. I even thought it was IPOB. I saw, because that the IPOB, no go out there. 6.30, we're out of the house. Everybody had places to go. So, yeah, it's true. <laughs> so as I came out with my kids in the car, I was taking them to school. I saw one road block, so I thought it was, um, you know, I said, which kind of lab? Only for me to look closer. No, it was not IPOB or anything. 
They block the road so that we don't run over high tension cable that's falling because the rains have been, you know, or maybe a truck that there's construction around there. Maybe a truck ran into it, but it brought down one heavy, um, well, whatever those big things, and so one after the other fell. So high tension cables were lying on the ground. So people had blocked it. Now I'm talking about fear. So as I got there, I told my children, I said. This was what I was telling you about last week because a few days before, we have seen a low tension cable on the road somewhere else. And I told them, anytime you see wire on the road, don't go near. Find another way. So this time when I now saw high tension, I said, ah, this one is worse than the last one. I always ask something to the kids. I said, but the Lord will keep you. I always add that one. All right? What I'm talking about is that I told them fear. I said, this one, don't go near. I said, there was one woman just walking. I said, car ignorance is bad. Just stepping over the cable like this. I said, hi, yeah. <laughs> I said, well, maybe she had tested it before. So people said, let me test whether it kills. <laughs> Are you getting my point? Yes. So if I die, I know it kills. I won't come near it. <laughs> Some people are interested. It's interesting. Is there high tension? Are you sure it's working? Electricity does not allow you control. Once you touch it, it takes over. So I told my kids, I said, please, don't go near I'm talking about fear. I taught them, that is what they call the fear of high tension cable. What is the fear of God? Let's not, it's not, oh, I just appreciate what he has done for me. That's not the fear of God. This is the fear of God. If I don't appreciate it, I will be destroyed. That is the fear of God. I don't know whether I get the point. The fear of God is if I don't appreciate it, he will give me over to madness. The judgment of God is as bad on the opposite side as his blessing is good. I don't know where I get my point. He told Israel, listen, people said, ah, that was under the law. Paul said something like this. If the law of Moses, those who transgressed it, I mean, ordinary law of Moses, they had to face the just recompense of reward for disobedience. He said, how much more will we not escape if we neglect so great a salvation? He may declare that as the grace is higher now, so is the danger Stronger. I hope you're getting my point here. What is the fear of God? It means to be afraid. It means to be afraid to disobey. You know what the Bible says? It's the beginning of wisdom. That is, you are a business person. You say, how do I move my business forward? God will just say to you, you know, if you cheat, I will close the business. So you will refuse to cheat. Now, in your refusal to cheat, you'll be discovering fantastic ways to do what is right. That's why it's the what? Beginning. The fear of God is what? The beginning. Just because out of God's fear, you say, I won't do this. Suddenly, you start discovering other things you did not know before. I hope you're getting my point. So let's declare it again. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Say like you believe it. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The fear of God. The fear of God. That's my portion. That's my portion. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The wisdom from it. The wisdom from it. I claim in Jesus' name. I claim in Jesus. Say, I fear God. I fear God. I walk in his plan. I walk in his will. I, in his will. I will never disobey him. I'm not saying we can do it. Though. We're saying this is our desire. And we're saying, Lord, you know, do it for us in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, Say, Lord, we are committing ourselves with these words. Let your spirit confirm these words in your presence. So that we will never be able to disobey. Amen. So that we will never be able to disobey. Many years ago, one of our sisters, I went to visit her, a senior person. So we were just talking about, because I was a single young man. So she was getting, you know, in, she was trying to get, okay, what's going on, what's happening. So I was just telling her uh, things. There was something she, and I said, 
I can't remember exactly the, the question she asked, but in the course of my discussion, I explained to her that, look, I'm not afraid about marrying the wrong person. Now, please get my point. Like, what are the kind of things, you know? These are the things young men and young women discuss, all right? So she wanted to know what me and my friends have discussed and what is my opinion or what faith am I holding. Yeah, that's, that's a better way to put it. So we talked here and I can't remember the details now. But at the end of that, I told her simply, Ma, I'm not afraid of marrying the wrong person. I remember one pastor I saw that time when I went for a small uh, well, ministry holiday. I used to go and minister in Ado, in the, uh, in, that's in the Kitty State now. All right, then it was still on those states. And he said that, are you not? I was speaking. I said, you're not married. I said, no, I'm not. He said, ah, you came from Lagos. I said, yes. He said, ha, be careful of Lagos sisters. So I never forgot his counsel. The answer I gave him was even more, you know, unforgettable. I said to him, I gave him a scripture, Ecclesiastes chapter 7. I said, there's a woman whose hands are chains, whose heart is a net. A net. I said, the one who's, uh, who's pleasing to God, we escape from her and the sinner will be enticed. I said, I don't need all this. Be afraid of this person. Be careful of this person. I said, what I need is to fear God and to be pleasing to him. So I told our sister that day, I said, listen, I believe if I'm about to go wrong, God will correct me. I said, if I make up, I said, if it is the day before the wedding, God said, thank you, you're not marrying this one. I said, the will of God will stand. Now, why I'm telling you the whole story is that she now said something. She said, you know that's not for everybody. She said, she quoted a scripture by Jacob which I can't remember now. What I'm telling you is about 26 years ago. All right? Oh, okay, not less than 24. Okay, not less than 24 years ago. I said, she now quoted a scripture about Jacob. And she now said that, listen, what you have said is for only those, that's where I'm going, only those who have given their lives and committed their destinies entirely to God. I hope you're getting my point. So I, I explained that, look, this is my confidence. I don't have any, he said, no. What you are saying, let, um, let me add new words now. You are saying to me that you have truly given your life to Christ. You are saying to me, you have committed your destiny to God. You are saying to me that, listen, you have told the Lord, whatever you need to do with me, do. So even when you are making wrong choices, because make all the choices you want. When you reach there, you go close them. If you, want to, if you don't want to go the right way, as you are going the wrong way, you open the right way and carry your head and shove it inside. That is why if my car breaks down, I give thanks. If a journey cannot hold, I give thanks. Uh, if I tell you what God has done for me in that area, he has done it all. One day I promised my wife, this was long ago. I was in the U.S., so I called her, I said, listen, book a flight, meet me in Dubai. We'll spend one week in Dubai together, then we'll come back home together. I went for a course in the U.S. That was many years ago. And while I was in the U.S., of course, my wife was, ah, if, if you're the wife, what would you think? <laughs> I'm not lying to you. I, I booked the first, the hotel, I booked a hotel room, a brand new Lumeridian Dubai. It just opened. So they had good prices. It was just opening. So I saw it online. Quickly booked the first night. So just locked the room. Need for five days. They bid in the okay. Pay for the first night. I did all of that. <sighs> so my wife don't, are you getting my point? <laughs> she had not seen me. Let me explain. By the time she'll be seeing me in Dubai, she'll not have seen me for the last five or six weeks. At the of the country, I went for a course which was for exactly 30 days. And I went a week ahead to go and play with my friends, and I was going to stay by a week afterwards. So, but that would be meeting. She would not see me for six weeks. And that was many years ago. So you can, if you're, no, as you're a woman, just think about it. Mm, the will of God. <laughs> what am I going to say? What does that mean? Nobody should try to stop it. Is that the way I'm going? 
Then shortly before I was supposed to fly, I got a phone call, a message, I think it was email or something, or a call, that my dad was in hospital. Uh-huh. Are you, I hope you get my point. And it's not small that the doctor is waiting to see me. And by the time a doctor is waiting to see the first son of the family, no be smarting. He couldn't do anything unless I show. How do I go to be walking around Dubai when my father is in hospital? I couldn't tell my wife that that your dream holiday will not hold. And even if I went, how will I enjoy it? I still remember that time, that day. I knelt beside my bed where I was staying. I was in Houston. And I begged God. I didn't ask him to do anything, no. I didn't say do this or do that. I didn't even know what was doable. That's why I first told you the story of the young wife who was looking forward to a second honeymoon. Better than the first one. So I knelt down and I prayed. I was supposed to go fly from New York. So I parked, met, went to my friend's place in New York. While we were there, I got an email. Visas to Dubai denied. I never heard Dubai deny a visa. The guy who was helping us, the agent, just, just forwarded the mail to us that permission to ent- enter re- refused. Ah, have you ever heard it before? Everybody goes to Dubai. I looked. My wife at that time, she was already in Lagos. She was flying from Lagos. Hey, what would she do now? You can't just board a plane and be flying to nowhere. They will return you from the airport. Kai, I remember. You see, I was at the airport when she and I were talking on the phone. I was begging her, baby, please. There's no... I, the person who was saying, who was uh, arranging over there said, no, he will appeal, he will appeal. You know, I, in that, deep inside me, I knew what was going on. But I had to let it play out. I talked to my wife, who both agreed that no, there's no need for the guy to appeal. No. The guy was, you know, some people are stubborn. Half of their brain. Let me not say more than that. I explained to this fellow, please, the money you use for the first one, I'm the one paying it. Okay, leave this matter now. He said no. He was embarrassed because he lives in Dubai. He's done these things for Nigerians before. You know? He was embarrassed. I tried to explain to him, don't bother. You know, some people are stubborn. But of course, by the time I was boarding to leave the US, so I just knew that, look, of course, my wife couldn't leave Lagos. Let me just leave the story there. Okay, but a few other things, okay? But where I'm going with the whole story is that that's how God ended it for me. I didn't have to ask him for anything. He solved it very nicely. I couldn't tell my wife, eh, I'm changing my mind. I didn't change my mind. <laughs> Being Rashid al-Maktoum or whoever is the judge, refused. When I say that God controls our lives, I'm not joking about it. That's why, it doesn't, if you say, okay, eh, you, it didn't work. Eh, it didn't work, it didn't work. Something else will work. We give the Lord thanks. Let's keep on going. You, you, you were supposed to marry me. You now disappoint me. Now yourself you disappoint. Come on, get away. God has just appointed me. <laughs> ah, what is it? It takes away the first to establish the second. Don't, don't give me pressure in my soul. They free me. <laughs> the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Let's declare it again. Say, Lord, take my life. Use it for your purpose. Lead me in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Pray like you believe it. Say, Lord, lead me in the path of righteousness. For the glory of your name. Let your glory be seen upon me. In all that I do. Let your glory shine. Take it, Lord. It's your glory. Let it shine. Let it shine. All over my life. In my going out. In my coming in. 
in all that I do, take the glory in the name of Jesus Christ. One last prayer before we sit down. Say, Lord, let that glory be seen on your church. Let it be seen on your church. Let it shine from inside your church. In this generation, Christ will shine. Say it again. In this generation, Christ will shine. And I will see it. And I will shine in it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Say, all of you, Lord, and none of me. All of you, Lord, and none of me. Christ, be formed in me. In Jesus' name. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe it, give me an amen. Amen. All right, before we take our seats, let's just quickly take our declaration of understanding. Even though we're already understanding, <laughs> let's still declare some more. Amen? amen? All right, let's go. One, two. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Healing is your portion today in Jesus' name. Please, somebody following us from there, just focus on this meeting. At the end of today, that chronic ailment that has afflicted you for the last five years will go away. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Strength to your bones in the name of Jesus. Amen. Healing to your kidneys in Jesus' name. Amen. No matter what, the, in fact, today, what we want is the incurable ones. Everything they have called incurable, be cured today in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus is Lord over every sickness. Amen. He has paid the price for healing. Amen. So you must never stay sick. Amen. It is not allowed. Freedom is your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats quickly. It's our school of prayer. Let's um, continue praying. We're going to change uh, our topic today. We're talking about intercession by faith for some time. I will just discontinue it now. That is last time we finished that one. But we're still talking about, of course, we just look for different topics to say the same things. Abby? Uh-huh. Let's continue preaching. But today I have something actually very um, strong in my heart, which I want us to talk about. And it's, it's uh, focused on the glory of Christ, the glory of Christ, the glory of Christ. Just like we've been praying, uh, it's important that we Christians know what exactly to focus on. Let's just start again uh, from the book of um, Matthew, just to bring out some words that the Lord himself gave to us through the disciples then, and they recorded those things for our learning, Matthew chapter 6. We are going to read two portions. First of all, we'll read the prayer that he gave. We'll read from verse 7, just to get it in context, but the prayer is actually from verse 9 uh, to verse 13. Then we'll go on and look at the cure for anxiety, which is spoke about from verse 25, but we'll just take a few verses there. So first of all, let's read from that verse 9, from verse 7. And the Lord said, when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. For they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. 
Please, can I say this again? It's as if we forget that Jesus said some of these things. Sometimes he was, you know, there are things we learned since we were children that do not do your good works before men so as to be seen by them. He said, if you do that, you have your reward already. He said it clearly. Then some people will now come, come and be, will now be competing for the glory of the world with people who are not Christians. And they say, man of God is giving food to the poor. And I tell them, how do you know man of God is doing that? Because a video camera, television camera was there filming it. And after they finished insulting us, that which work are you doing? You say the man is a false prophet. He's doing the good works people are not doing. They want to prove that we also do good works. We also go and hire AIT, channels, NTA. Give me another big television. Arise TV. What's the one? that one they burnt in Lagos that time? TVC. We now call them. Say, tomorrow morning we shall be giving food to the poor. And we'll pretend like we did not hear what Jesus said. You know what we are looking for? The glory of man. They are finished insulting us. So we want to please them. See, before you disobey Christ, be careful. We have this impression that does not vex. It's people like that that he vexes for. It's called mocking God. We now come to church and call ourselves forward. How much are you giving to the Lord? Do you know a church actually... Pentecostal church, if I mention their name, eh, at least five of you came from that church and you are going back there on Sunday. What is five? I'm just being nice when I say five. Yeah, I'm looking at your faces. Five, increase the number. This guy said, I'm beginning to look at you with suspicion. We come from, you know what they did? They had a leaders meeting. Imagine that we have co-workers meeting. Say, we're going to raise money evening, in the service on Saturday evening. So Pastor Kimti is going to call for one million People should try and stand up that you give one million. You know, you could look like one million is good, Pastor. If I'm going to give seven million when I have it, right now, <laughs> I don't have one million. So you just put up here and say, Sir, please, I have a small problem here. I really don't have one million. Ah, I say, No, don't worry. You don't need to give it. Just say you will give it to encourage other people to follow you. And truly, the service day arrived, and they said, who's going to give a million? And the church leaders, poor people were standing up for one million naira, one they did not have. And of course, church was plenty. Everybody was looking. Say, ah, ah, that one too. That one too. Iniquity. God have mercy. Please, oh Lord, don't, we are talking like this. We are confessing our sins. Don't treat us the way we treat you. Hmm. Because you know, saying you're strong, pastors, if you treat us the way we are treating you, we'll just be like Tom and Jerry inside, you know. When... <laughs> Lord, oh, please, oh. Despite the fact that he said to us clearly, don't do your good works so as to be seen. We're not saying, no, let others see it. Haba. I will not kite on another level. Say so line. The person who told me, a leader in the church, I said, you are lucky. You are telling me this now. After it had passed. I said, if I had heard it before it happened, I would make you pay that money. It's my friend. I said, I will have harassed you until you pay that money you pledged in the open. Ah. These days, uh, so when, 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 when we say that, Pastor Banky said that, eh, that man is lying. How can he say that? I know what I'm saying. I've, I've caught them many times. They will say some things. Some people will be sick. 
Eh? Nothing wrong with, I'm not saying it's good to be sick, but I mean, God heals, amen? And then they would go to, to, to hospitals and then people prayed and then they had a surgery and then the surgery was successful. Testimony time, they would come and they would jump the whole story about the surgery. I was sick. Then, you know, uh, Pastor Kimote was praying. Pastor Panky was praying. They brought uh, uh, Judah from Night Mile. He came to pray. <laughs> And then we just thank God, now I'm well. The ultra were erupt with excitement. And the doctor is sitting down there. He's a member of the church in the back. Say, ah. Is that not patient number 1562? The one that needs three, three cylinders of oxygen. Ah. And he's wondering. We're not saying God it didn't help. Or it's not the healing power of God ultimately. We know it is. We don't doubt it. But why jump that part and make it look as if, hmm, like Kenny Higgins, he just rose up. Kenny Higgins' wife had surgery. I'm not saying surgery is the best way. But if it has happened, it has happened. We give God the glory and we keep moving. You know, God has to have mercy on us. Right now, we need to, the Lord, where is the deepest well of mercy you have? That's what we need. Why do I say these things? So you will not do them. So if you catch somebody doing it, tell them, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. Tell them it is wrong. Don't do it like that. God is not a gluten for glory. I hope you get my point. He collects his glory because he deserves it. Do you get my point? He doesn't want to tell stories, tell stories of what he could not do, but he wants people to believe he did. Say it the way it is. He knows how to collect his glory. Like I was saying last time, Christians think that if you have challenges, to be hidden because it's a sign of lack of faith. They are the ones that think they are hiding it. We know. I hope you're getting my point. Dicky, you break leg. You didn't go to church for three months until the leg heals. You don't know that. We saw it. We saw it. We were the one that rescued you. We were unconscious. <laughs> but we know the kind of human being you are. We didn't tell you. We came and said, ah, Dicky Paul, how now? Fine. Where have you been the last three months? Um, I had to retreat, you know, because... Um, uh, as soon as they would pinch ourselves behind, they don't mind him. The guy was in a cast. They even hung his leg up for the first three weeks. He's not talking faith. Why don't you just tell us we're comforted in our afflictions? How are you making like there was no affliction? I, ever since I discovered that scripture, eh, I say, hey, I don't they hide anything. What are you hiding? I mean, we grew up with thinking that we didn't have faith. Think, because the people, some of them were in front. We thought they, they, we thought they never had challenges. But they will say, oh, the devil tried to give me sickness. Ha, I just rejected it. Praise God. Ah, you two are wondering, say, now wow. The devil tried to give you sickness. You tried to reject it. You fought that devil for one week. Finally, you have to go and beg your friend who's the doctor. Say, bro, Sabe, you get anything for your guy because. <laughs> are you wondering? What happened? Then when you hear the whole story, you know that bros rejected that thing for three weeks. Well, not say he didn't reject it, but it's not one day. Bros, you were on the rejection path for three weeks. You were rejecting the money to come back at night. Four brethren will, will hold you by the hand. For two days, you were unconscious. It was the brethren praying for you, and I got rejected. Which one did you reject? If those brethren have rejected you, you'll be dead. You come to church and just tell us one short story. And then when people now find out the truth later, they start disbelieving everything God has ever said. That, to me, that's the painful part. 
I've seen people that doubt every testimony because they've seen too many lying testimonies. Brethren, no. I felt sick. Sometimes it's not the devil, it's your bad habits. What are you saying? We prayed. I want to thank God for the brethren who were praying with me. After one week, I began to recover. Brethren, am I not strong today? Amen. Then those who have been going through that, they say, ah, it's not only us. Even though it is delayed, we shall win too. So they now go back home with stronger faith. Said devil, she said you don't win before. And now let this fight now ten rounds. We are still on round six. I may be down now, but I shall rise again. And when the man says, "My enemies don't rejoice over me, even though I fall," I shall do what? What does that tell you? It's on the ground. I ever somebody standing and say, "My enemies don't rejoice over me, even if I fall." Ah, I'm standing. I will have them. You don't rejoice over me. Can you rejoice? When David said that he was on the ground, he had been knocked out. He had been knocked down. And his own one said, look, this bout is not over until they count ten. They have only counted three. I'm getting up. My enemies don't rejoice over me. I'm going to get up. At the count of eight, he stands. Bring it on. Then he promotes that devil very well. And then he wins the, the bout. Abi? That's why David said it. Don't rejoice because I'm down. It's because he was down. He was down. He said, do I walk the valley of the shadow of death? There are scriptures that are not written for those who don't have any cause to fear. I hope you're getting my point. Those things are written for people who have a reason to fear. Have you ever seen somebody sitting down on the high mountain? <laughs> do I stand in the midst of prosperity and the sun is shining, there's no problem, and breeze is blowing, I will fear no evil. <laughs> There is no evil to fear. When David said that, he said, do I walk through the darkest valley where light is not getting to? Those who have understanding, they have taught us, say, just know something, I am walking through it. I'm not living there. So there will be scenes of my life where it will look dark, but I'm going to come out at the end of the day. The Lord is good. We're reading somewhere, right? Yeah, so I was saying something. What did you stop reading? Yeah, do not use yeah, meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. For they suppose they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Let's take these words seriously. That's the point we're trying to make. Let's not discard the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's not make our main prayer points the things that he says should be secondary. That's what I'm trying to bring out in all of this. So he said, when you want to pray, this is what you do. Verse 9. Pray then in this way. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now notice this. Was that a prayer point? Was that a request? That first one? No, there's no catch to it. Was that a request? No, it wasn't a request. What was the first request? Your kingdom come. The very New Living Translation it says, May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I've already explained how is his will in heaven recorded. How is his will in heaven determined? We often misread it as, may your will be done on earth as it is being done in heaven. Mm-mm, that's not what he said. What he said is that in heaven, forever, your word is what? Settled. It has been settled. The way this has been settled in heaven, let it be done like that on the earth. He's talking about the record of the will of God. Your will has been recorded in heaven. Let it be on the earth as you have already determined it in heaven. 
Again, if the will of God was done automatically, it would not be a prayer point. It wouldn't be a prayer point. It's a prayer point simply because it is not done automatically. Please, that's one thing I want us to understand. Because that's one thing I'm bringing Christians into in this season of prayer. How to pray that will into existence because it is not done automatically. The expression of that will is a prayer point. When God gives you that word, the prophetic word, he's saying pray it until it comes to pass. What's your first request? What's your first desire? Verse 10, may your kingdom come. What is the kingdom of God? He said, if I, by the finger of God, cast out demons, what happens? The kingdom of God has come upon you. May your kingdom come. Let me put it this way. May demons be cast out. May the gifts of healings become manifested. May miracles begin to happen. May the lordship of Jesus be demonstrated for all to see. That's the meaning of let your kingdom come. I hope you're getting my point. Let the power to work miracles be in your church again. Let at the mention of the name of Jesus, let signs and wonders be done at the mention of that name. That's the meaning of let your kingdom come. Because he said it himself. <laughs> he said, if I cast out demon by the, king, by the finger of God, what does that tell you? The kingdom of God has come upon you. So how do you know the kingdom of God has come? Demons are cast out. How do you know the kingdom of God has come? There's nothing like incurable disease anymore. You know, there are times, eh? Of course, we pray for people. We always believe God for healing, you know, both for ourselves and for other people that we pray for and all of that. But there was a day I thought about it. Said, no matter the explanation we want to give for why somebody is not healed, why somebody is healed, I said, could that person have taught Jesus Christ and remain like that? I don't know whether you're getting my point. I'll just say God. Oh. We'll tell a lot of stories oh, on why this is not happening. Why? I said, Jesus, but wait, wait. Let's forget this story. If not you. Haba. Somebody with this. I said, no, Lord. We are missing something. No, we are missing something. We are missing something. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. My emphasis on what's the desire. No, let's continue. We come to prayer. What's the first point? May your kingdom come or let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is written in heaven. Then the next line give us this day our daily bread, our personal desires. That is, are you getting my point? The things that we want to use for ourselves, that one comes at the, at the bottom. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Of course, let me quickly clarify that. To deliver us from evil here means don't let the evil one overpower us in such a manner that we will not start doing that which is wrong. Deliver us from evil here is I will not do evil. It's not let me, let me not fall down and break my leg. No, that's, that, you are delivered from that also. There are other scriptures. But, but this particular context says pray that I don't go against the will of God. I hope you're getting my point. Now, but why did I all of this today? Because his first point he gave us to request was not for ourselves personally, but what? For the kingdom. Bear that in mind. So jump down quickly. He now says, now this is what I was saying when I began that thing. These are the things that he said to us, and sometimes we pretend like he didn't say anything. He did. He said, for this reason I say to you, let's go back to verse 24. 
He said, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth or mammon. I like that word mammon there because it lets us know that it's an object of worship. He said, for this reason, because you can't serve two masters, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. For he said, is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into bands, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory Closed himself like one of these. And really, if you see some of these things there, you know Solomon cannot even try. Did you ever see the picture of the Mandarin um, duck? The Mandarin duck. You know, duck, duck, you know, water, bird, moving on water. The Mandarin duck. If there I saw that picture. In this kind of thing, you just rise up and say, holy, holy. <laughs> That's all you can say. See, who painted this? When I teach medical students, I always drop this. I mean, once in a while I get to a particular point. If anybody tells there's no God, I think he said he's not working. If you say you don't know what God is like, I'm okay. But to say these things came out of nothing, like my little victory said then, I said, what's the big bang? He said, nothing, nowhere, no time, no reason. Boom. So that's the big bang. <laughs> Nothing, nothing, nowhere, no reason, no time. Just exploded, boom, and became everything. Honestly, if you believe that, I think to call you mad is an insult to people who have mental problems. Honestly, honestly. I will show you the picture, I have it here, I just don't want to waste time. Beautiful thing like this, full of colors, all kinds of colors. When God desired, he said, listen, Solomon, try from now to tomorrow. You can't look like these things. And Solomon had the money to do it. And God, who's very lavish, will spend all that money. The flower will last for 24 hours. See, why are you wasting the money? Say, I can do it again. <laughs> Is it your money? One day I was one little boy, you know, one of our family friends. The little son was walking around. I said, ah. You're walking out on your ordinary socks. You removed your shoes. Why? You want to spoil the socks? The boy looked at me and said, I have plenty. <laughs> He's like, why are you worrying yourself? I have the plenty. <laughs> the Lord is good. That is, God takes care of these things, and they don't worry themselves about it. He says, Solomon in all of his glory was not as arrayed as any of this. Now, which verse is that? Verse 20... Yeah, 29. So now we're going to 30. He said, but if God so close the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more close you, you of little faith? Do not worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? 
For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. It's what you are seeking that is focusing on. But seek first his kingdom. Ah, we're back to it. When I told them to pray in verse 10, from verse 9, say pray like this. Our father who is in heaven, your name be praised, your name be exalted, your name be hallowed. First prayer point, let your kingdom come. Now he's teaching us again, why do you put food and clothing and promotion and cars and house and stuff like that? Savings. Why do you put them first? He says, seek what? First. The kingdom. That is, when Gentiles want to pray, this is how you know they are Gentiles. This is how you know they don't have a father that's watching out for them. This is how they pray. Father, money. This year is my year of breakthrough. Lord, oh, you will say to me. Ah, me too. I need the house. Oh, yeah, pray. House, come. Money, come. Hey, come. Hey. Does it sound familiar? <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> you see them shouting, come, come on material things. And they hardly say to kingdom, come. They hardly say to Jesus, come. If you're a preacher, please pay attention. You have been teaching people wrongly. The emphasis should not be on the people. The emphasis should be on Christ, on God the Father, on the kingdom of God. That's where the emphasis should be. We have taught people very wrongly. The emphasis should be on Christ. The emphasis should be on the kingdom of God. When Paul was going to pray, and he used the word travail, he said, my little children, was talking to the Galatians, for whom I travail in birth again, until Christ is formed in you. Not until you, Hama. I hope you're getting my point. Please. You know, many of us, let me tell you the sin in the church in Nigeria. When I say Nigeria now, let's talk about Eastern Nigeria. Why? Because that's where I live. I hope you're getting my point. So I don't know the church, the problem they have in Ghana. Apostle, do you know that one? You have a ministry in Ghana? You don't, okay. So let's focus on our own. You know, even Christians have gotten carried away by the things that are going on around them. They think this prayer should be, Nigeria must be restructured. Let me give you this again. Eh? This is, is from the scripture and it's a prophetic word. Listen, thus says the Lord. Lord, I can say that, right? Yes, okay. Restructuring will not solve your problem. Okay, some of us say, okay, we're not for restructuring. Our own is I P O B. Independent people of Biafra. On Biafra we stand. Sorry, indigenous, whatever. (laughs) Okay, indigenous people made of independent, autonomous communities. Yes, thank you. By the way, shall I just tell you ahead of time? I've lived in Enugu for 20 years now. Hmm? Is it 20 years or 21 years? It will be 21 years next month. Yeah, came in September 2000. And after feeling the pulse in the environment, I can assure you of one thing. Like my friend would say, going by all natural projections bearing divine intervention, I can assure you, all this autonomous community will demand independence once you get the Biafra. Look, you don't have to agree with me. It's going to happen. 
Oh, is that, is that true? She's a woman of God. It's true now. All these agreements we tend to have is because we have one group of headsmen. <laughs> Once we move the headsmen away, now look, see. Where did you say you came from? <laughs> you will be surprised. It's, it's, it's human nature. It's human nature. See, it's human nature. It's just that's how human beings are. 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 Now, this is the scene I was telling you about. Even the church gets carried away. So the church will come to church. Is it all right to say it? Can I say that? The church will come to church and say, Nigeria. We will have restructuring. We will shout in restructuring. It will not solve a problem. It won't. It can't. In fact, God has placed a curse upon it that it must not work. Why? Because he said, I have sworn by myself. The word has gone forth from my mouth and will not turn back. What is that word? That to me every knee shall bow. And every tongue must confess. What are they going to confess? That only in the Lord is righteousness and strength. So that's one thing. It's what I have determined. Any other method you have for bringing forth righteousness, for bringing forth prosperity, I will frustrate it. Because it is standing against the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Am I preaching for one Nigeria or divided Nigeria? None of the above. I'm preaching for the kingdom of God. So the church should come to church and say, let us pray. There is trouble in Nigeria. There is injustice in Nigeria. One region is trying to dominate another. Whatever be your perception of what is going on. What is the solution? Say, Lord, let your kingdom come. You can't pray any other prayer. Every, listen to me. Any other prayer is antichrist. You must understand what it means to be a church. Church is not APC. I hope you get my point. Church and APC are two different things. APC is an arrangement of strange Nigerians who came together to collect power from PDP. Uh, is he like, which country did, were you not living, living here before? APC did not exist until they needed to collect power from Good Lord Jonathan. I'm not a supporter of Good Lord or whatever, that's not what I'm talking about. As for PDP, they don't even know who they are. <laughs> and there's another party we have called Abga. You know Abga? Abga is a very funny party. They will elect the governor, then the legislators will come from PDP. <laughs> As now the governor finishes his tenure, he decomes to. Did I mention Peter Obisnim? <laughs> I keep on telling people that Nigeria, forget it, we don't have parties in Nigeria. We just make every arrangement to be able to collect power. We don't have power. No, parties are supposed to be based on ideology. Now, I'm not angry with us, so we're just us. I'm not insulting anybody, I'm just trying to describe things to us. What's my emphasis? The church is not PDP. The church is not APC. The church is not Afghan. The church can't be, and most importantly, let me just say like this, the church is not opposition. We don't derive joy in being in opposition. We are only on one person's side. Do you know? Let me tell you how the church is. Joshua was going around preparing for the invasion of um, Jericho. And he stumbled into one man. Some people have said it's the Lord Jesus Christ, but we know that he's a captain of the host of heaven of God's army. And they saw him, and you will have fought. Now, you know the way we Christians behave now? You know the way we behave? We say that um, an alliance of Christians in support of the Jews. Have you seen that before? 
Americans have a lot of funny groups like that, coalition in support of Jews. I tune to Christian TV a lot of times. They turn me off so badly. They try to emphasize to you that Jews are the most important thing God is doing on this earth. God has no time for Biafran people, apart from the Jews amongst them. As for those old Dua people, God forgot them long ago. <laughs> because they have never claimed to have Jews amongst them. Have you ever seen a Yoruba man saying be Jew? It's not the kind that does things like that. So they talk as if, ah, the only thing God is doing right now is the Jews. Let me tell you, it's a lie. What did I say? Please say it with me. It's a lie. You know what God is doing? Christ. What's God doing? What's God doing? Christ. Please, if you're a preacher, don't elevate anything that will obscure Christ. It's not allowed. You know what they call innuendos? You know, in English? English master. You know, innuendos. There are things you say without saying them. There's a way you will say it. We know what you are saying. When a lot of the church, when they are preaching, the, it's so clear that Judaism has been exalted to the position of Christ without them saying it. So you'll have thought that if God thought like that, the captain of the host of heaven will meet Joshua. And Joshua will say, on whose side are you on? What will I have said? On your side, my brother. You are the people of God. What did that captain say? None. Ah. The guy looked like, excuse me. I thought you were supposed to. I mean, when he came to fight on their behalf. So on whose side are you? Are you for us or against us? I don't know. I want to do the will of God. I'm on your side if you are doing the will of God. If you oppose God, bros, this is my sword. It will cut anybody. Yes. And the day David did something he was not supposed to do. Maybe it's that same angel or sent somebody. That one brought out the sword and began to kill. Kill here, kill there, kill there, kill. It is, uh, they are the people of God. God, they are so special. God said, what did they disobey me? When they joined themselves to Baal of Peel, kill them, 23,000. What's the problem? When they felt too good with themselves, we have the best temple of the greatest God of the universe. God said, this temple is the problem. Break it. You know, anything you have confidence in, God breaks that thing. Oh, 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 oh. He br- you know the way he's... Listen, if you, if you have amassed enough dollars, now you want to retire, God says, okay, how do I crash this boy's dollar? He will go after your dollar alone. In the process, some people may suffer. Say, Lord, what are you doing? Say, look at this, my special son. This is my special daughter. Now has another God before me. Then Jesus said, Lord, where is the God? He says, call. Benjamin, that's what the Americans call it. Say it's called Uncle, Uncle Sam's money. He has a lot of dollars. He has amassed one million dollars. There are a lot of young men walking around Nigeria. They have one million dollars. It's a target to their life. I must get a million dollars before I'm 40. And they're 39.5. <laughs> and if you're like that, listen, let me give you the word of God. Sell all you have and give to the poor. If you don't, you'll be in trouble. Husband, what did he say? Yeah, you, since you were 25, when you began to learn all those funny, funny doctrines, you have amassed wealth like the richest man in Babylon. That's the book you learned it from now. So now you don't need me again. You have dollars. To, see, whichever way you want to do it, the dollar is going. You can do it so that you have treasure in heaven, or you do it in such a manner, or I do it in such a manner that you have treasure neither in heaven <laughs> nor on the earth. But any God you have, before me, is going down. 
That's how God raises. Now, what am I going to say? So the angel came and made it clear to Joshua, whose side I'm on is not the issue, it's whose side you are on. I hope you're getting my point. What he was doing was telling Joshua, Joshua, listen, it's not me, it's you. If you're on the lost side, then we, you and I are on the same side. I am not on anybody's side. I'm only on the lost side. So if you think I'm here to fight between uh, Israel and uh, uh, Jericho, no, make up your mind the one you want. If you are doing the will of God, I fight on your side. If you are against the will of God, you join my enemies. I hope you are getting my point. It's important, listen, that believers understand the way God reasons. Anything that stands between him, that's what I was saying earlier in Nigeria, some of us Christians, we are so focused on praying, it's in our prayers. And we don't realize, we think that in all this crisis we come to an end. When you ban open grazing, and then you have state police. What else? Electoral reform, thank you. What else? Uh, okay, true federalism, thank you. There are so many lawyers inside this house, I'm seeing them one by one. This guy is a very troublesome lawyer. The man that will be suing the governor, I have to beg him, say, bro, you don't do now. Why you want to make an enemy of the Okay, once we can sue the government, things will change. <laughs> All is good. All these thoughts in our minds, they are satanic thoughts. Oh, yes, they are satanic thoughts. Yeah, let me talk about Satan again. Many of us want to see Satan. We take our nursery, nursery book, and all those are story books, my book of Bible stories. That one they draw for you there, it's not really Satan. It's um, some of the gods that those men worship. Some of them are half goat, half man. Yeah. They really, see, actually, you know the truth, it's funny, but they really exist. I've seen people that have, I've talked to people that have seen them before. Yeah. One man said, his name was Yisa Jega from Sokoto. The day was coming from school. A woman was carrying a baby on the road and she stopped to greet him. And he turned and noticed that her legs were the legs of goats. She was a goat from the waist down. And he was shocked. And the woman said, why are you shocked? You're supposed to be my friend or my husband or someone like that. Night. There was a primary school child. In primary school, what do you do? Take off. He ran home. <laughs> he was panting. The father, mother said, what happened? He told them the story. The father brought out a goat and sacrificed and thanked God for revealing himself to his son. And said to the boy, that is the source of our wealth. They have revealed themselves to you. We have to worship. I'm telling you, offer the sacrifice. And began to thank God. <laughs> you think this life is just this one you see on X, X axis and Y axis? <laughs> there are dimensions that eyes don't see. Look, let's not get into that. Yeah, I'm, how did I know? The man came to testify. He was telling the story himself because by that time he had become a believer. Real full animal from Sokoto. He gave a testimony for hours. Told the whole story. His life changed. Of course, what started his uh, conversion was a Christian girl he was pursuing. Let's just leave it there. The girl gave him one word from heaven. His life scattered. She, she put a curse on him, essentially, that you will never have peace until you know the Lord. 
That was how his peace disappeared. Ah, let me not go into that story. You should, you should know how to swear for people. Correct swear. Not die by fire. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> now, back to what I want to say. So, those things, all right, there they are, they are all kinds of gods, you know, that Dagon, you know, Molech. There are different gods people serve. So, people now brought them and made them the caricatures of Satan. Really, that's what Satan is like. Satan is a very, very handsome guy. Handsome. He wears Armani shoes, Brutini shoes. He wears very expensive perfumes. And he has a lot of money. Guy love money. <laughs> yes, they were discussing with her precious and her husband. And they are plenty for Abuja. Satan. A lot of Satans are white men. White women. Few black guys. Few, few Africans. <laughs> Satan is very, very handsome. Looks nice. If you see the one that has a horn like this, I was uh, witches and wizards, baby Satan, you know, those low level things. The one they send on errand. Hey, go and scare that guy. <laughs> those ones that wear pampas. <laughs> they see the kids that got it. What those ones do? They drive you to the real Satan. They do the, you're not run that. Say, please help me. Satan will not break. Oh, come, don't worry, don't worry. Is it not money? Just bow before me. There's no problem. I don't have time to talk about it. We don't understand things. The way we talk about it. Eve stood there and the snake came and said, He said, that is Satan talking to Eve. It's a lie. I don't have time to explain it now. Satan showed up dazzling. He was attractive, and Eve was used to seeing angels. Showed up like one of them. Madam, can I talk to you? Men see his ivory skin like it glowing, shining. The name Lucifer, you don't know what it means? It's a brilliant, shining one like that. And say, ha, has God already said, he will not eat of this. And they say, ah, oh God, you're fine. You know? <laughs> he said, oh, you think I'm beautiful, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that later. Depends on what you have been eating, you know? As God said, you shouldn't eat this one. Yeah, I said, yes. Ah, if you look and say, oh boy. I have seen, because Eve has seen angels. This was a different kind. And when you move like this, the way we're told, when you move, his movement produces music. He would say, oh boy, now wow, what's going on here? What have you been eating? <laughs> Nine matter rich fruit. Oh. <laughs> this world, eh? You, you see young people every day. They're looking for, all, all, you know, I see it online all the time. All kinds of, make money from Bitcoin without investing in Bitcoin. You said you're a gluten for punishment. There are lines you will see, you know it's not your portion. Why should I make money from Bitcoin without investing in Bitcoin? What am I doing for who? Just that in my house, I just said multiple streams of income. Let me tell you, the other side of multiple streams of income, it's also multiple streams of worry. Multiple streams of worry. Multiple streams of heartbreak. The Lord is good. I'm talking about Satan. Satan is not one ugly being. He's attractive. And he offers good things. Good in the worldly sense. He offers good things. Every good thing you can imagine he offers. 
You want power? He offered it to Jesus Christ. You want wisdom? He offered it to Adam and Eve. You want food? He offered it to Jesus. Everything that the flesh and the eyes and the human mind can ever conceive, he offers. Every single one. And many of us pastors have become instruments of Satan. Because that's what we offer to people. I'm talking about Satan. Why am I talking about him? Because when he came and possessed for a short period, Peter, and he used the mouth of Peter to speak to Jesus Christ, the same way, huh? why should anything bad happen to you? Why should you suffer? He said, no, nothing like this must happen to you. What did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. Where I'm going to is, why did he call him Satan? How did he detect Satan? He said, because you are not minding the things of God. You are minding the things of man. That's what Satan is. What are you minding? What is your focus? The things of man or the things of God? That's what Satan is. That's how you differentiate between Satan. Because listen, I first went to all that of dramatics to let you know that Satan is not one ugly fellow who will come and think that all those that will scare you at night is small, small demons. Jobless demons who are, they, 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 they need to increase in rank in the kingdom. So let them go. They don't know anything. And God allows them to come so that he can use them to rise higher. I hope you're getting my point. When demon does, he do like that. And God says, correct. You know, the way you tell little boys. That neighbor tries to beat you. Beat him back. You know that. <laughs> and when your, when your son comes to daddy, he pushed me. I slapped him. He says, don't fight. But your mind, thank you. Next time. <laughs> That is what demons that day. Real Satan is strategic. He can't do it. He doesn't come looking like the devil. He has your interest at heart 100%. That's how you do Satan. And what's the thing we pastors have been doing? We have been preaching for Satan. We have settled down and told Christians, listen, oh, mind yourself. That is, be focused on yourself. Oh. What are you going to get out of this thing? People will tell you this ministry I've been doing. Pastor Kevin, they've told you now, ah. This is world versus world. So, what is coming out of it? Now, God finally settled me in some things recently. I've always known them, but it coagulated properly. I could not understand. So, anything you want to do concerning ministry, never do it because of money. Never. It became clear to me like two days ago. I can't give it this way. How it became so clear. So if I'm making a decision now for ministry, that is, I'm forbidden from thinking about, okay, will money come or not come? No. Don't even, that is, don't let a thought enter your mind. Don't. Don't stylishly. See, let me tell you, you know, for a long time, I wanted to put some of our books on Amazon. I I hope you get my point. Now, we tried with um, some sermons, okay? I I probably will still do it, but this time around for a totally different reason, Okay? The books are all on the website, free of charge. You know, after a while, after reasoning and meditating, God just made it clear. Say, Banky, Amazon will not make you rich. That is selling your books on Amazon. If it's because of money, I forbid you. Go. I say, okay. So as soon as our books come out, we list them online, free of charge. And what the Spirit of God has told me again and again, if it is money, ask for it. Don't scheme for it. If it's money, ask. If you want a billionaire, ask. If you really want it, I will give you. 
And I'm not joking about that. All this, listen, I'm, if, if once it's money, ask. This came in that, uh, okay, we put some books on Amazon. You put some here. Banky, I don't want it from you ever. Listen, when would they write books? Eh? I don't know the time they fly. I will sit down. Sometimes my wife will leave the house early in the morning. I'm sitting at this because I normally walk on the bed. I'd like I sit. My laptop's on my lap. She will return in the evening. I'm still on the same spot. When I see her, look at the time. I say, sweetheart, you know, I've only gotten up from here three times since the morning, once to eat, twice to go and eat myself. I will write from morning to, I told you, okay, that story I was telling the US, I'll come back that time. In two weeks, I almost finished this book totally. Great faith can be yours. I wrote every evening. Some of our brethren there, when my brother in law, where I was staying with, traveled, came to Nigeria. So he said, Ivanka, come, instead of staying alone in America, you're not used to the EU, please, please come and stay in our house. I look, I said, no, and I go take this, occupy my evenings. No, I, I like to stay alone. Every evening I will get back home. As soon as I enter the apartment, I get something to eat. I sit down. Yeah, by 6, 6.30 I finished eating. I sit down. I write till 12 midnight, American time. By that time, it's 6 a.m. Nigerian time. So I break my writing to call my wife. So I wake her up with my call. We talk for some time. Then she gets up to pick up the, to arrange the kids to go to school in the morning. I did that every day for a few weeks. Finish the book. Great can be yours. About Gossip Bank, you don't, you don't do unfinished? Yes, sir. Online. Free to download. I don't want to do Maybe money. No. <laughs> no. No. If it is money, ask for it. I can give you enough money that you can't sell that amount of books in 200 years. And I give you once like this. I dug into that one. I don't even know what I was saying. How did I write it down? Huh? No, no, I've said something after that one. Anyway, let's just talk about Satan again, like I was trying to say. Satan, always focusing on your needs. Focusing on your needs. But Jesus said, focus on God's needs. Focus on the kingdom of God. Instead of saying, money, come. Say, kingdom, come. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. That must be the focus of prayer. That's the primary thing about prayer. That should be your concern. Not how do I make it? How am I going to be settled? What will happen to my children? Pastor started preaching. We started preaching crazy things. Leah Sharibu kidnapped with 200 or so other girls. They released most of them. Leah was not released for a simple reason. They said she refused to convert to Islam. And one man actually said that if they put your, a gun to your head to say deny Christ, say go ahead and deny him. Jesus is not that petty. He won't be angry. He will understand. He's mindful that you are both flesh. I know that. But that's not the kind of message I will preach to anybody. There's glory. I hope you get my point. Do you know the Japanese warrior, the summarized, they would rather die in battle than lose in battle. To them, it's honorable. That when you died, you died fighting. You know, Christians who think that God just is dead, you know, they forget, their own focus is different. Jesus is there to preserve my life. So they were telling us that Leah Sharibu should have been wise. 
things that Jesus expressly spoke about. As Jesus is there in the scriptures, what did you say Leah should do? Jesus said to Leah, he that endures to the end shall be saved. That's what he said. My children are still ready this morning. And we all agreed, because we're ready for NIV. He said, he that stands firm till the end, be faithful till death. Then we are telling Leah, you have to be wise. Why? Because to us, all there is to life is what we can see. Instead of us to take pride in the, ah, you know the kind of prayer you should pray, say, God, if this little girl can stand for you like this, ah, may I never deny you. Gather your children, listen. To live is Christ, to die is gain. There's a victor's crown waiting for those who are martyred for the Lord. The blood of the martyrs, instead of us to instruct them, say, they threaten, just say that you deny Christ, but in your heart, just hold on to Christ here. You forget that the testimony of Jesus is important to him. What am I going to say? I want to teach us again. Of course, prayer is the same thing. We have been teaching again. Just to focus again. This is the primary thing we have to pray for. Now, the kingdom of God. Restructuring is not what we are going to pray for. I forbid any Christian from praying for restructuring. I forbid. That's not the will of God. The will of God is the kingdom of God. The will of God is the kingdom of God. He knows how he will establish it. Stop following politicians and political analysts. You just pray the scripture. Every time there's tumult, that God has only one answer. It's called the kingdom. When it was, what do you think we are suffering in Nigeria now? Go to Israel. The Romans were oppressors. There was no democracy. When Jesus said, when they said, go with me one mile, go with him too. You know what he was saying? You are going back to your business. The Roman soldier will stop. He said, carry my luggage for me for one mile. Then you can go back to your business. That was the kind of oppression they were under. Jesus said, don't carry for one mile, carry for two. If you ask for one mile, do two miles. They were under oppression. Yet, he wanted to pray. He didn't say, Lord, deliver us from oppression. The disciples did not fully understand. After he resurrected, he said, will you at this time restore the kingdom back to you? They were still thinking of Romans. When he taught them to pray, he said, pray like this. Thy kingdom come. May your kingdom come. That is, in the midst of oppression, what do you pray for? The kingdom. If somebody had preached the gospel to the slaves those days, maybe in America or in Haiti, you know what they should have prayed for? Not deliverance from slavery. Paul specifically told them, if God called you and you were a slave, don't desire to be free. What should they have prayed for? The kingdom. I was still watching yesterday. Was it? There was some news magazine um, program I was watching. Was it? Was I reading online? I don't even know. One of my news apps. And we talked. They were talking about Haiti. You know Haiti. Oh, God. Yes, I, I read here and there, listened to things here and there, just a, little, a few days ago. And the story of Haiti was interesting. See, Haiti at that time, they were making, I think, about half of maybe all the sugar consumed in the world of that time. Maybe another, maybe a quarter, one-third of another particular produce. And the slaves were literally being walked to death. That the life expectancy of, for slaves at that time was like, is it 20-something years of age or 32, if I'm mistaken? 
But no, not up to 32. They put the slave in as a teenager. By the time he's in his 20s, he's dead from too much work. And they began to arise. And they arose. And one day, they killed off all the slave masters. There was a revolution. And they ended slavery by force. Napoleon said, because it was a French colony, Napoleon sent troops. They overcame Napoleon's troops. And they founded a kingdom called Haiti. More than day Haiti. Till today, the poorest country in the, what they call the Western Hemisphere. One of the poorest countries in the world. The rebellion of the slaves did not free them. The descendants of American slaves that did not have that opportunity, they are enjoying better than those ones. In fact, somebody said all the Jim Crow laws and all of that, they were written to prevent what happened in Haiti. The white men in other parts of the world became afraid of the slaves. So they had to do things to put them down because they saw that, man, these guys can be brutal. Because they were brutal. They went after the white people systematically and exterminated them. That was a few hundred years ago. As of today, what came out of it? Nothing. They just went into spiritual slavery. Why? The prayer was not, thy kingdom come. So Nigerian Christians, don't be carried away. You don't need Odua Republic, Arewa Republic, or Biafra Republic, or restructuring. God can use anything when he wants to bless you. I hope you're getting my point. What your prayer should be what? Is what? Thy kingdom come. Let's see this particular scripture. We'll close with it. Isaiah chapter 60. Well, just open to that area. Where I'm reading is 62. But let me see where we'll start from. This is the focus of our prayer. That's what I'm going to explain. Now, I want to read this, and then maybe one will come next time. I'm looking at our time. It's quite gone. We may start reading again. All right, I'm going to start from 61, even though the reading is from earlier than that, okay? I'll just start from 61. The whole gist actually starts from, like, 60. But I'm going to start from 61, jump a few verses, rush to 62, then get to the very verse I want to introduce this series of uh, teachings with. And then... We'll close it there. So from 61, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. That one is important too. To comfort all who mourn, to grant them who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting or heaviness. So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. All right? He said in verse, um, 68, verse 1 of chapter 62, For Zion's sake, the Lord was speaking, I will not keep silent, And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not keep quiet until her righteousness go forth like brightness. Please, I want you to be thinking about this in the context of the kingdom of God. Zion here is speaking about the church. 
Jerusalem is speaking about the kingdom of God. People say it's talking about literal Jerusalem, literal Zion. I don't believe that. I can't believe it for certain reasons. Let me not go into that now. No, these are the promises of God that became ours in Christ Jesus. And Paul explained through that special revelation which the Lord gave him. Through that special revelation, he explained to us that God has broken down the wall of partitioning. So if this refers to Zion, physically speaking, or real Jerusalem, then the wall of partitioning remains. It doesn't. It's, you know, it's a type of the church. He said, the nations will see your righteousness. No, sorry. Until our righteousness goes forth like brightness, and our salvation like a torch that is burning. The nations will see your righteousness, and all kings, they will see your glory. And you'll be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will designate. You will also be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. It will no longer be said to you, forsaken, nor to your land will it any longer be said, desolate. But you will be called, my delight is in her. And your land will be called, married. Why? For the Lord delights in you, and to you, to him your land will be married. For as a young man marries a virgin, so your sons will marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so your God will rejoice over you. Now, I just read from 61 and then read this portion of 62 just to pick out a few promises that God has made. I hope you're getting my point. And these promises concern the church. I will come again. I want to go into those promises deeper. But why I'm going into it is what I want to read now. After God has said all of these things, you know what he said? On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. All day and all night, they will never keep silent. You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves. And give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his strong arm. I will never again give your grain as food for your enemies. Nor will foreigners drink your new wine for which you have labored. But those who gather it will eat it and, and praise the Lord. And those who gather it will drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. Let me stop reading here. Now, God kept on making these promises. If you continue reading, you see a lot of promises. How he's going to avenge himself all right, on the nations all right, who are at peace. The nations who are against his people. The Lord said he will arise and avenge himself. You see him say things like, ah, why is your garment red? He said, because I have been avenging myself in my anger. So my, the lifeblood of these my enemies is sprinkled on my garments. I have stained all my raiment. Why? I'm a God of vengeance. I have gone forth to avenge myself against my enemies. And the Lord was speaking. But I was saying all of these things. As he was saying all of these things, he dropped a word in. He said, Jerusalem. On your walls, I have done what? I have appointed watchmen. What is their duty? All day, all night. They will never keep silent. What is their job? They are reminders of God. They are to take no rest for themselves until they see everything that God has promised become manifested before their eyes. That is the assignment of the watchmen. What am I going to say? When talking about thy kingdom come, God has described what he called his kingdom. He has described for us the glory of his church. He has. He has described for us the glory of his church. And he wants us to note those things and make them 
our prayer points day and night. Our declarations day and night. That's why you see these days, every time before I start teaching, I lead us in some declarations of the glory of God. Of God's glory. You know the truth? I'm not trying to copy anybody. Alright? I learned this from scripture. But I saw that people actually practice it. I was listening to uh, Pastor... Um, you know, it's funny. <laughs> you know how I take that thing? Oh, I, I caught that thing myself. I was not I caught that thing that you got. Yes, I just caught it. released it fresh. It released it fresh. I think yesterday or this morning. I think this morning he released that video. Pastor Chris Okoti. Released that video. I saw it in the news. So I was just bored. Well, well, I just okay, let me just read today's newspapers. So I got one of the Nigerian newspapers and they <laughs> said, Pastor Chris Okoti did this, did that. So I read what he said. He said, that he said on a video he posted on YouTube. <clears throat> what do we have smartphones for? I was there on YouTube. Look for the video. Said dropped yes yesterday. I think about either eight or eighteen hours ago. When I saw it, I said oh oh. I clicked on it, and I think it's the Holy Spirit. I was listening, listening. It was about one hour ten minutes. So I moved quickly towards the end. And believe me, the man came under an unction and began to prophesy. And that's what I sent to you. Ha. In, you know the same scriptures I've been reading for weeks here. The man was prophesying. Of course, we speak English. You know that <laughs> when some of us prophesy, we prophesy <laughs> in common English, and he gave his own prophetic words. Hey, said that woman called Jezebel. Let me tell you what God did to your grandmother. He threw her off from her own balcony, and she fell into the. Is it the, the Canaan aggression of the four-footed beast? Normal people say dogs. <laughs> no, you should listen to the, no, you should listen to the prophecy. You could see the man was under an unction. And he began to read out prophetic words. Now, it was in that process I got what he called the final word. The last word. He said no. That God commissioned him to be the last word on the life of TV Joshua. Say because the whole world have gone to embellish, you know, and you know, dress up the wizard at Endor. He said, if you don't do something about it, more of him will arise. He says, so I have the commission of God to be the last word. Then he placed the judgment of God on anybody that would throw that path. And I said, Amen. Of course, you know, we've been doing it here for some time. Ah, man, the man he released. In fact. Yeah, this is part of his words. He said, I have also promulgated the decree of Almighty, Almighty God in his final warning to religious charlatans, false prophets, false prophetesses, and self-styled ministers of the gospel. The day of the vengeance of our God has fully come to Nigeria. We are about to witness the greatest divine judgment upon those who have become enemies of God and our nation. See, you know, you know me, I don't get carried away by what everybody says. Why did I cut this one? Because you, I mean, you and I, we've not been praying here. Is it not the same things we have been prophesying? When I heard him, no, he wasn't joking. You've heard me prophesy that where that man tabernacled, God will make it a desolation and place the judgment of Jericho on anyone who tries to sustain it. It was when his, this man spoke and understood what he was saying. He said, no, the last word matters. He said, the last word matters. He said, go and check the temptation of Eve. Satan had the last word. That Eve was supposed to have the last word. 
I, you know, as soon as he said it, I quickly went to the temptation of Jesus Christ. Jesus had the last word. Turn these stones to bread. Jesus would say, it is written. He gave the last word. He consistently had the last word. He said, Eve was quiet. You allow Satan to allow have the last word. He said, the journalists and all these people that embellish people, they will not have the last word on the witch zad at end of. So otherwise, many more of them will proliferate over, all over the country and produce the land. I said, my father. Listen. What I want to say, we have a job to do. The kingdom of God must come. And it depends. God is saying, listen, you, you want the kingdom, I will release it. Ah, I was reading the story of William Myron Brigham, the kind of unction with which this man operated. I said, God, where is this in our country? Where is this in our church? In this nation? And the Holy Spirit began to let me understand, you have to pray. Thy kingdom come. It comes by desire. What you guys have been praying is my motto, come. My house, come. Promotion, come. They will not talk in, say thy kingdom, come, shy. When the aggression should have been concerning the kingdom of God, that it must come. That, listen to me, the church, this is the summary of it, the church must be beautiful again. Yes, must be. And listen to the word of God. Every pollution and pollutant will be removed. Amen. Every pollution and polluter will be removed. Amen. Yes, those who pollute it, they will be removed. They will be removed. Thus says the Lord, they will be removed. Amen. Those that pollute and plunder my church, I will remove them. Amen. I will arise and avenge myself on my adversaries. Amen. Ah, Listen, God, that man, that Badon prophet, he told that Jesus was weeping. I want to add one to, you, to it for him, for the church. Jesus is no longer weeping. He's angry. When you weep, you are sad. When you are angry, your eyes blaze red. When you are angry, you say weeping, you can't be consoled. With Pele, Osugo, Undo, Ogadima. It will be all right. Angry Jesus has only two things that consoles him. Only two things will console the angry Jesus. One, repentance. Two, the blood of his adversaries. Ah, didn't I show it for you? There. Isaiah 63 there. Say, so why, why is your garment stained? As one who has been in the, you know, threshing play, what they call it, the wine press. He said, oh, this one, I've just finished wine pressing my enemies. My garment has been stained with their blood. We're not looking for anybody's blood or anything. We're looking for the purity of the church. And whatever it will take, the Lord will do it. Let's rise to our feet. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> you know, I have this feeling in me, eh? <laughs> that it's going to be great. That's the only way I can say it. It's going to be great. You know, I say great. You know, m- m- most books we read, they tell you about the revival in America. Yeah, America has been a leader in a lot of things, especially educating us. So much that we now speak their English. As bad as it is, we speak it. <laughs> yes. Americans will speak funny English when they say there ain't no reason. Ah, that's, that that disagrees with the concept of English language. 
the queen almost collapsed when she hears Americans speak. But they've been teaching us everything. We have learned to spell the default setting of our computers as American. In the same manner, we hear the story of revival, the story of this. They said that the Holy Spirit came again in modern day in the Azusa Street. And they know, they said, uh, what's the name of that man? Um, what's his name now? The modern day release of the Holy Spirit again. What's the man's name now? Before Azusa Street. In one Bible school, Topeka cancer, cancer, somewhere in the U.S. Anyway, you talk about him, and they will say, ah, Holy Spirit came. And the Azusa Street was a revival. Then you now hear the story of people like William Aaron Braham, my God. You see anointing. And that, that's the story we keep telling. Within Nigeria, we're telling American stories of 1940, okay, 1940-something to 1950-something. And this is 2021. I want to illustrate what God is doing. Most of the stories are coming from there. We love our American brethren. Amen. Amen. But let me tell you again. We are not going to be remembering the former things. Amen. For the Lord will do a new thing. Amen. And we will see it. Amen. And our, eyes will, our hands will handle them. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please, I'll give you a minute. Just say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your church be beautiful. It's a simple prayer. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let this church be beautiful. Let signs and wonders follow the mention of the name of Jesus. Yeah, that is the thing that we want now. Let signs and wonders follow the mention of the name of Jesus. That is the thing that we want now. Lord, let signs and wonders begin to accompany the name, the mention of the name of Jesus. As you uproot all the liars who have become the face of Christianity. Can you believe a wizard died? And worldwide, they are telling us a prominent evangelist in Nigeria. Ha! Embarrassment. When they mention, <laughs> the people, people will go to foreign countries and say, oh, you came from the country of that man? A juju man. Say to the Lord, not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Say to the Lord, though, say to the Lord like it matters to you. Say to the Lord like it matters to you. Say it to the Lord like it matters to you. Say, Lord, let your kingdom come. If you don't want to speak long English, just say it like that. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let the church be beautiful again. Let the name of Jesus be exalted. Let him be magnified. Lord, let your kingdom come. Say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Everybody open to that portion. I want us to read it out loud. That Matthew chapter six, uh, chapter 5 we're reading. Sorry, chapter 6, verse 9, from verse 9. He said, pray then in this way. If you are there, say amen. amen. We're going to read to the end of 10. 1, 2, let's go. Our, no, you're going to start from our Father. 1, 2, let's go. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, let's say this way. Now, you're going to say it this way. Say, our Father, who art in heaven... Hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come now. Let your will be done on earth as it is written in heaven or as it is settled in heaven. Did you catch that? So let's say together, one, two, let's go. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come now. Let your will be done on earth as it is settled in heaven. One more time. Our Father who art in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come now. Let your will be done on earth as it is settled in heaven. One more time. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come now. Let your will be done on earth as it is settled in heaven. One more time. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come now. Let your will be done on earth as it is settled in heaven. For the last time, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come now. Let your will be done on earth as it is settled in heaven. Father, we give you praise. Our eyes will see it. I said our eyes will see it. One of my favorite scriptures is the one that John said at the beginning. That's uh, in First John, in, that's in his epistles. First John chapter 1, in verse 1, he says, That which was in the beginning. I love that. Which we have, we have heard. Everybody, we have heard it. Have you not heard it? He said, What we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, gazed upon, and touched with our hands. Concerning the word of life. I like in James' expression there, which our hands, what? Handled. <laughs> I pray for you. Your hands will handle it. Amen. You will handle divine power. Amen. You will handle divine power. Amen. Jesus will lay hands with your hands. Amen. Please bring out those hands. Oh, please. Look at them. Look at them. I want to pray for those hands. This hand is not just for chopping. Not just for driving. You will lay hands on cancer patients and they will recover. Amen. You will lay hands on the crippled and they will walk. Amen. You will lay hands on the blind and they will see. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. These hands will glorify God. Amen. Lord, let your kingdom come into these hands. Amen. Lord, let your kingdom come by these hands. Amen. Let the glory of Jesus be seen through these hands. In the name of Jesus Christ. Remember, we said when God gives those promises, they become what? Our prayer points. So he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. What are the signs? In my name, they shall cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Is that not so? What does they say they do? They hands on the sick and they what? They will recover. All of this you will see in the name of Jesus. Amen. Speaking in tongues in that context, let me tell you what it is. It is not the way we, it's not they will pray in tongues. There's a difference. So we quote a lot of times when it comes to praying in tongues, which is scriptural, which is correct. The Holy Spirit comes upon people. Paul made it clear. I will pray with my spirit. I will pray with my understanding. That is when I'm praying with my spirit, I don't know what I'm saying. But when he was speaking in this context, he wasn't talking about that. I'm sorry. All he's talking about, you will meet a full animal in the bush. You will open your mouth. You never crossed Niger or Benue to the north. In fact, you know, most southerners don't know that Fulanis are not houses. And that there are two distinct languages that share very few words in common. Do you know that? Very different. I said in the north, sometimes I use two interpreters to consult a patient. My, Fulani, my patient speaks only Fulani. That's another name for Fulani. That the language is called Fufudi, actually. The people are Fulani. The language is Fufudi or Furantachi. The, lang- the patient speaks only Fufudi. So the person who came with her speaks 
Hausa and Fufude. And I don't speak Hausa. And my interpreter does not speak Fufude. So the patient, we ask, <laughs> I ask my interpreter, so what is the problem? Then we'll ask in Hausa. <laughs> then we'll turn around and ask the person in um, Fufude. Then I'll go to work up and down. That is as well. <laughs> yeah, two different languages. So, now, this is where I'm going. You meet a Fulani man in the bush, a headsman. And the Lord, now please, listen to this. I'm not telling a story, I'm praying. And the Lord will have anointed you. And as you see him, ah, suddenly, suddenly you have this desire to share the gospel. Maybe you see, is a man, his wife, and a baby that's lying down. And they tell that this baby has been sick. And they think the baby is probably dead. And, you know, God will first pour compassion. On you, you will look at them and like Jesus, the Bible says by Jesus, and Jesus will love them. He said, and he loved him. And you will love them. And compassion for them will rise. And you open your mouth to say, what is the problem? Then you start hearing smooth, fulfilled day coming out of your mouth. And they will ask you something. You don't know what they said. You will answer them in perfect fulfilled day. Then you will see your hands go towards the baby that's lying down. And you will command the baby in fulfilled day to rise. And the baby will sneeze and get up and look at you and run perfectly well. And you will see it. When he said they will speak in new tongues, that's what he was saying. As a missionary, you know, I was reading reading the other day. Was it yesterday? Yeah, no, when my children and I were studying this morning. And it dawned on me when you're talking about persecution. Jesus will make them arrest you. You went to preach, you will be arrested. You know why he lets them do that? He wants to go for trial. And he said, during the trial, don't think about what you will say. I will make all the Islamic clerics sit down to try you. Then I will give you a a word. I will put my wisdom in you. I will give you a tongue and a wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist against it. Paul spoke in defense of himself. And the king said, you almost convinced me to be a Christian. That will be your testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. I say in Jesus' name, that will be your testimony. Amen. You will see it too. Amen. Yeah. So when Jesus said, this sign shall follow them that believe, you know what he's saying? On your walls I have placed what? Watchmen. Day and night, they will not keep silent. You will not keep silent. Amen. What are you supposed to do? It's not hard though. Let me tell you how you pray the prayer. It's not a difficult prayer. It's a reading prayer. Sometimes I lead prayers for my brethren. Eh? Somebody said, ah, thank you. the prayer is long. I said, yes, now. Once you finish reading it, you have finished praying. No, I can share some of it with you guys. When I finish writing, you know, typing, you know, type like this. It's like six, seven pages. Fall to my brain. That's one, it's supposed to be one, 30 minutes of one hour prayer. I tell that, look, you don't need to, you see, you don't need to exercise. Just collect this thing I've given you. Just carry and start reading. By the time you finish reading it, you will So my, I was talking about me, me and said that that is true. That me and China went through it. It took us 45 minutes. Christians think that the prayer you must say, if Google enter you, fine. If it doesn't, read out those scriptures. Say simply, Lord Jesus, you said, these signs shall follow them that believe. And you read out those promises. I say, Lord, do it 
in this generation in the name of Jesus Christ. Do it in your church now in the name of Jesus and do it in my life in Jesus' name. That's the prayer. That is it. Nothing. Are you getting my point? The only thing is that don't get tired. Say Jesus Christ, you know go rest though. You know what, what did he say? Giving what? No rest. Everybody look up. Say Jesus, you are not going to rest. Tell him, tell him. Ah. And you know what he's saying. <laughs> he said, Peking will say Lord no go rest. He himself will not rest. He said, Lord, I too I don't want to rest. Tell him, tell him. I don't want to rest. I will not let you rest. Two of us are on this matter together. But your name will be glorified in my generation. Your name will be glorified. Tell him like that. Tell him that, guys. Your name will be glorified in my life. Your name will be beautiful against this nation. In the name of Jesus. Say, Lord, I'm not a campaigner for restructuring or independent nations. I'm a campaigner for the kingdom. Let your kingdom come. 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 Lord, that's what I look forward to. The coming of your kingdom. Oh, Lord Jesus, we give you thanks. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed.